Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Becky, happy Friday, and my heart is so full. Oh my gosh, I know that, you know, we try not to have favorites on this podcast try, ever, but, but there are some nonprofit missions that we just can't help but geek out on. And we had to bring one of them up to the table, Mom's Kitchen Table here, as we're rounding out this series, talking about innovation, we had to bring on New Story. Yeah, I mean, okay, so if you've been tracking with our series, we've been talking about the habits, you know, that make a really impactful fundraiser. And we've been talking a lot about the roles of nonprofits and the roles that we play within those organizations. But there's just something about the DNA that's different. When you find an organization that's categorically doing something different in the way they show up and the habits and how they build the infrastructure and the impact and how we're centered. And New Story like passes all those gut checks for us. And I remember when we first discovered them, which has been a few years before we started the podcast, I could tell something was different. And then we had the opportunity in an earlier season to interview Sarah Lee. And I wanted, we'll drop that in the show notes because when you hear them talk, they talk different. When they, they do talk when different. they also talk about partnerships, they zoom out because they actually really are fighting for this big monstrous vision. And it just sets the scales to be completely different from the, from the onset. And so we are so excited to have the next level conversation about this, about how do you do this for your own organization? How do you zoom out and become this impactful machine? And how do you bake that DNA into everything that you're doing? Something that could be totally benign, like stewardship. How do you come at it with a heart of innovation? And you know we love mindsets on this conversation. Today, we're going to ask you to get into a mindset of innovation today. And we're bringing in the big guns. We've brought in (laughs) Megan Christman. She's the Senior Director of Development at New Story. She is in charge of the entire fundraising ecosystem. And I want to give a little bit of background on Megan because she just really has a really cool story. She found the world of development through a conviction, love this, that together we can create a more beautiful, just, and equitable world for all. So as Senior Director of Development, she leads her team, which, I mean, it's got major gift officers, it's got operations, it's got partnerships, it's got a diverse array of individuals. And she leads this team on this innovative, high-performing, nurturing relationship within and with New Story's top supporters, helping them achieve their philanthropic goals and to build a world without homelessness. And so Megan, prior to coming to New Story, she built and led the national annual and major gift team at Teach for America. And she started her career as a major gifts officer in higher ed. We started in higher ed too. So on the weekend, she'll find her spending her time with her husband and three kids trying out new recipes or practicing yoga. Does this sound like our people? Megan, come into our house. We're so excited you're here. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So Megan, since our audience is just meeting you, we completely want to give you the floor. Tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to work um, at New Story today. Sure. Well, as as you mentioned, I got my start in higher ed um, and I really thought my heart was in the ed world forever. Uh, I moved from the, sort of the college university level to Teach for America 
where um, I focused on K through 12 education in our country. And what kept coming up for me is that um, when your basic needs are not met, it is really difficult to learn, right? Kids, kids struggle. And in 2020, uh, when COVID sort of rocked our worlds, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but the school systems shut down. And I was a moment in time for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There was a moment in all of that chaos that I learned from our um, Teach for America's New York City office that 100,000 kids being taught by TFA teachers in New York City vanished that day because they were homeless. There was no record of where they were, where they were living, who they were living with, and how on earth they were going to access online remote education. Uh, teachers couldn't find them. No one knew what happened to these kids in in that moment, and there was a lot of panic and a lot of concern. And I just remember thinking, as a fundraiser at an organization, like, "Whoa, um, this problem actually actually is outside of the scope of what we do." I mean, how yeah. do we? How do we address something that big? And it really just it was a moment in time. Personally, I was looking for something a little bit different. Um, and I started to just zoom out and say, okay, I want to be a fundraiser focused on access to just basic human needs. Water, food, housing uh, were really the top of my list. And so long story short, over the next probably nine to 12 months, I started exploring what was out there, knew that I wanted to work for an organization that was smaller, um, but also just working fast and working, uh, taking big risks and in, in innovation first sort of mindset. New Story just checked all of those boxes for me. And so I was really excited to kind of zoom out my personal vision mm. to get even, you know, address address what I thought was a a core human need uh, globally and um, work for an organization like New Story. I mean, what a gut-punching story. And I love the thread of it too, because a lot of people, because we've been spent our whole careers in nonprofit, somebody that's wired like you, it's so sad because most often they leave to go to the for-profit. I want to go somewhere faster, more innovative, all those things you listed. And so the fact that you are you know, barreling at this and coming into new story that is living and, you know, taking risk and doing these big, bold things is just so exciting. You know, what a great time to be part of this organization. So you've led me perfectly into where I want to go with this because we feel like, you know, asking the wrong smaller questions is holding a lot of organizations back and not really asking the bigger questions of like, why are we doing these things? You know, this stuff, why are we doing this stuff? Can you get us kind of aligned? What is the bigger question that an organization really should be asking about their work or how they innovate? Sure. Well, you know, at New Story, we we dream really big, right? And there's also there's this uh, uh, sort of mantra around here that's bold ideas attract bold people, and so we are very unafraid of of boldness. And you have to be when you're an organization working to end global homelessness. Um, that's huge. That is a very complex problem, um, a very expensive problem, a problem that's not going to be fixed uh, overnight by any stretch. And so I think anchoring and and being unafraid of that sort of the boldness of the problem we're trying to tackle um, has led us to uh, seek out really the the, the root barriers, you know, we talk about root causes of a problem. I, I'm actually looking at the barriers. What is, what is standing in our way from solving homelessness? And so one of, one of the things that, that we've kind of honed in on is that the fact that the problem is so large, there's 1.6 billion people um, currently living in inadequate shelter across the globe. 
that number is expected to double by the year 2030. Uh, and so you think about that, the scale of the problem and the cost of the problem. A home is not a, is not a cheap thing. <laughs> uh, you know, you, a $50 donation doesn't, doesn't give somebody a home, right? And so um, we need, what, what, what New Story really, really believes deeply is that we need financially sustainable and scalable solutions uh, in order to tackle this problem. And so everything is sort of pointed us in that direction. How can we be more financially sustainable? Because there's probably not enough pure philanthropy in the world to solve this problem, but certainly not solve it quickly. And then what can we scale? What can we scale through the for-profit uh, sort of market-driven forces? What can we scale alongside other nonprofits and governments? Uh, and so we are really about solutions that that can scale and that can can tackle a problem this huge. The, the second piece that kind of stands in our way is the lack of... In, innovation in, in housing, particularly low, low income housing. And so we have just been fiercely committed from the jump that uh, the people who need in innovation most should get it first, not last. And so we work uh, quite a lot to sort of test and prove innovations, both in, in housing products, but also in the financial market, right? In, in uh, opening up opportunity for um in individuals living in, in in inadequate housing to obtain a loan to to build a home that kind of thing. I'm just so proud of you guys because you're living this in everything that you're doing, and I think that's something that really strikes me as being unique. It's not just innovation with programs. It's not just innovation with the way that you're asking for gifts. Your operations are searching for it, your financial models, and this whole concept of scaling. Having a scaling mindset is a way to bake innovation in. And I kind of want to read something, which by the way, we're going to drop this in the show notes. There's an entire innovation page on newstorycharity.org. <laughs> so new cool. It's so cool. And you actually break down why this is a habit. And one of the things that I love the most about what you're saying here is it says global homelessness is growing too quickly for us to depend on traditional solutions. And so, it, and I think about that with every nonprofit out there, if you're looking at a traditional solution, then that is an area that's rife for innovation. But you also say when innovation works, we share it with other teams tackling global homelessness so we can scale impact together. And this is something that we talk about a lot on the podcast is stop playing in your own sandbox. We need to democratize what we have. We need to socialize what we have because if our heart is really in at where you talked about at the beginning, the systemic root cause, then the way we can solve that is by sharing it, growing it and scaling it. So I want to talk to you about some habits and kind of some actions for success that foster an innovative culture. Can you pinpoint maybe two or three that your team really tries to embody as you're walking through your day-to-day -day work? Sure. Um, you know, I think that our team is really unsatisfied with the status quo. You wouldn't be at New Story if you wanted to do things the way they've always been done. And so uh, what I see a practice, a practice across the board is just like, sort of ruthless prioritization. We uh, fundraisers on my team, we cut anything that doesn't raise money for New Story. Um, I think particularly in a smaller shop, New Story is about 50 uh, staff members now. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm coming from an organization like TFA, you know, we have 1,200 or even, even more, 1,300 staff members over there. And so 
a small shop, you get pulled in a lot of different directions. People talk about like wearing a lot of hats uh, in, in, in a development. I really uh, try to make sure that myself and my team, we have space to prioritize. We, again, ruthlessly cut anything that doesn't raise money for a new story. And so I look every day at my schedule and prioritize my day. What are the two or three like must wins? Where Where is the time scheduled on my calendar to get those things done? What can I delay, delegate, or just delete from, from my calendar each day and each week? And so that's a habit I see um, across our team. Uh, I think that we are also just incredible learners. Um, I learn something new every single day and I'm very, very intentional about that practice. And so it could be about a donor I'm trying to engage. It could be about the economy, this the state of the economy to help really inform my asks. We have a lot of donors who work in the tech space right now and you know they're focused on bringing their stocks back up, right? It's you know we really just being knowing what they know is really important. Um, I'm learning things about the complexity of, of housing, of, of the global housing crisis every single day about philanthropy, about managing others, um, just getting really, really proactive about your content diet. I'd say what podcasts you're listening to, what people you're following on Twitter, what articles you're, you're reading. Uh, and then I would say anyone on my team who's responsible for hiring others, we make sure we are getting really, really good at finding good talent. Um, I think the search for talent is just uh, an underrated uh, an underrated place to spend your time. Yes. It is a skill that is that is underrated, and it's one that um, I I make sure myself and my team are really really good at. Uh, then I guess the last practice practice I would say that fundraisers, uh, the fundraisers on our team really engage in is just like reaching out to a donor every day. It is so particularly if you're in leadership, you are pulled in a million different directions. You're managing people. You're conducting pipeline reviews. You're digging into your data. And it's so easy actually not to just call that donor, email that donor, text a picture to that donor. Um, I find a reason to be in conversation with a donor every every single day. And I've tried to really use like our CRM and our data to help inform that. So I've got a dashboard who tells me that, who tells me <laughs> I have a dashboard that tells me um, who hasn't been contacted in 30 days. Who are we expecting a payment from this month? Who is currently considering an ask, right? And I, you know, it gives me reasons to reach out. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we could go with this, but Megan, this is why we wanted to do this series. This is exactly why we wanted to do this series is because there are so many people looking at news story and be like, I want to be like that. So I'm going to start 3d printing my mission, you know, and thinking that that's the secret sauce. (laughs) And like, that's a really cool, innovative program that's come out of this mindset that y'all have, but it comes down to these daily stacking beliefs and behaviors that lead to that level of innovation and trust, you know, among your team. So I'm, I'm really geeked out. You talked about hiring and I want to give kind of platform for you to talk about that because how do you transfer these skills? Like, I think that is a secret sauce that how do you attract people that think like this, but also like coach and teach your team to be like, Hey, it's okay to prioritize this. Like you're in this zone. This is your, this is your task. Um, kind of walk us through how you do that. I mean, I think on the team, it's really about modeling, right? We, the the leaders on our team have to model that behavior. Uh, and so we both, we live it and then we look for it. Um, and so what that looks like, you know, what, what I look for and what I coach others to look for is just a bias toward action. Um, we at New Story, we have a, uh, we, we have a sort of another, another mantra around here, which is rapid progress, even over perfection. Uh, so many fundraisers want to get things perfect. 
I would rather move quickly and have something slightly imperfect than move slowly and and miss miss a big swing, right? Um, miss miss a big op- opportunity. Uh, and so rapid progress, e- even over perfection, is a huge practice for us. Um, so looking for people with that bias toward action, I would say we have another we we have a core value at News Story called Team of Founders, and it's really just. Uh, going deep on a founder's mindset. We believe that everyone working here should treat New Story as if they founded it. Uh, should be oh, that, that focused so on cool. finding opportunity, on uh, finding margin to scale, margin to do something better, uh, to eliminate stuff that doesn't work, right? To just let go of things that aren't serving us anymore. And then, you know, to take also big risks. Uh, so people with a really uh, an appetite for, for risk taking, uh, I think, is huge. And we've learned to kind of probe for those things as, as we hire. Taking a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level, and Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving, and we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization. Learn more today at virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes. Hey friends, have you ever thought about starting a giving circle? You know, where you team up with others in your community to pull your dollars and time for causes that you care about? Well, our friends at Philanthropy Together are leading a movement to diversify and democratize philanthropy we are here for it. They start new giving circles and help existing giving circles thrive. We're excited to share about their Launchpad for You program. This free training helps community leaders launch a giving circle. It only takes 90 minutes to jumpstart your idea and Philanthropy Together provides coaching as needed until your launch. We believe that everyone can be a philanthropist. Together, let's create a world filled with passionate, empowered people giving collectively and intentionally. The first training of the new year is Wednesday, January 18th, and you can sign up or learn more at philanthropytogether.org. I mean, all of this is blessing our hearts in so (laughs) many ways. Let's be honest. We could not have scripted this better because what you were doing, the way you're coming at this, I hear so many things that we talk about all the time, which is like, um, trying stuff, failing forward, um, empowering people at the, you know, at every level to feel that they have the power and the vision of the very top level. Mm-hmm. You just, you eliminate walls that way. And when you eliminate walls, you scale faster folks. Yeah. And that's what I think is just like the secret sauce of what you're doing. And I would even like guess that you probably wouldn't completely care if something failed. Cause that's just another reason why you've learned that that doesn't work in that way. And we're going to iterate and we're going to pivot and we're going to do a 1% shift towards something different. And I just think building a culture around that level of innovation is going to shift everything. So talk to us a little bit about relationships you prioritize. And I love asking you this question and we've asked it to everybody who's come on, but I want to know what is the type of donor that you're going to want to prioritize that relationship in maybe a very unorthodox way? Becky, that's just, that's the perfect question for, for the topic that we're on, because 
you know, new story, we are, um, we have built our donor experience around two types of donors. We have donors who fund our, our up operations and our in innovation and our research and development. And we have donors who fund homes. And we have incredible experiences for those donors, but we do treat them differently. Uh, and then it's not that we're, we don't prioritize them differently, but we treat them very differently. And um, I want to start on the, the ops side. We have a small group of donors called the Builders, uh, and they fund our operating and innovation budgets. We um, look for donors to join the Builders who not only have the the uh, wealth to do so, the generosity to to be part of this program, but also who share our tolerance for risk taking, who share our tolerance and our our commitment to innovating. Um, and so these donors, they go into this relationship. We start the relationship with a with an understanding that New Story is exists to take risks. We exist to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness. And we are not going to uh, hit 100% every single time. Every single, th every single thing we try is not going to be some big, awesome, sexy 3D printed house type of thing. We are going to uh, fail a lot. And when we, when we win, we're going to win big. And so we look for donors that share that mindset. And we prioritize building relationships with people who have that mindset. That allows us to go in and ask donors not only to support our incredible team and our office space and our travel, but also to support us taking wild risks, trying, trying new things, piloting something over here and starting a program over there. And they are just, we're just brutally honest about where, um, where success comes and what we're learning and what challenges we're facing. And I think just going into a relationship like that with, with that, that expectation uh, sets donors up to have just a really satisfying experience with with new story. The thread is so strong is that you have permission to move on from donors that don't value a line, you know, and not, and it sounds bad because we value everyone matters. That's one of our core values, but that doesn't mean that they're ready to go this long race with you. So you're finding those people that are investment ready, that believe in what you're doing, and it gives you the permission to focus in that area. Um, okay, so talk us through the second group because I want to catch you off. It's so good. Yeah, the second group are our donors just focused on home building, uh, right? Because because we we fund our our opex through um, this sort of core group of donors. We every, every dollar you give to New Story uh, elsewhere goes to homes. And so if you're a twenty five dollar donor, come to our website, or you're a twenty five million dollar donor, you, you can put that whole cost to home building, which is great. Um, those donors, however, I would say like. There's no donor that's not important to New Story. Um, literally every dollar does does help help build a house. But because housing is so expensive, I think we do pri we do tend to prioritize a major gift donor, a donor who can fund at least one home uh, with us. And so we do we do a lot of employee engagement campaigns with our corporate partners. But again, that's the goal is to fund a home or fund a street or fund an entire community. And so while you know, as the head of our fundraising, I wish that we had uh, a really, really incredible monthly giving program and a bunch of grassroots campaigns over here. I wish we were doing all kinds of stuff. Or organizationally, we have chosen to focus on a, on a major donor 
who can fund at least one home with us. Yeah. Well, if you go back and listen to when Sarah Lee came on, I mean, she was really transparent of like, we launched this monthly giving and it didn't click yet. Like we haven't figured it out. And I love that that's just kind of the ethos of y'all to figure out what's going to support, you know, really y'all's next step. So, and I just want to say that I'm going to put it out in the world. I think your major gift, your monthly giving program is going to be huge someday. <laughs> I really you. believe it Thank will you. because <laughs> millennials and Gen Zers love giving to nonprofits in this way. And I think you guys are just still building, but I think the sky's the limit. I'm just manifesting that and putting that out into the world right now because I want it to happen as well. I, I love that, Becky. Thanks. <laughs> no, we're, we're rabid fans over here. So I want to give you the opportunity to really kind of toe the line with some of these things that are set in stone at a lot of nonprofits. What's some do this, not that kind of behaviors that you would encourage? Well, I think one we've already sort of spent a little bit of time on, but I would say don't spend time doing things that you're not possessed, best positioned to do, right? Don't spend time on doing things that you are not best positioned to do. Do ask yourself if the project you're taking on raises more money for your mission directly or in, indirectly. Um, and if the answer is no, don't do that thing, right? Um, I would say don't let a good opportunity pass you by because you found a reason to be slow. Uh, just do take action. You know, a couple of them that you just run up in fundraising would be like, ask open-ended questions. Don't make assumptions. I think so often we make assumptions about um, where some where a donor might be in their life, uh, what what sort of wealth uh, they might might possess or not possess. There maybe they have a kid going to college, and and that the assumptions that we make make us scared, right? They make us afraid to, to ask for, for something, ask for more. And so that, I guess that would be my last one is just do ask, don't be afraid. Um, if someone is in conversation with your, with your, um, your cause, with your staff, it's because they want to help you. Well, that tracks completely with what Julie Ordonia said when she came on this habit series and talked about the habits of an impactful major gift officer. And by the way, Julie Ordonez, who is a major gift officer raising $7 million for New Story this year, and her biggest thing was exactly that. Like, get your confidence and go get your ask in gear and go <laughs> for it. Because having that bravery. I mean, what's, what's the worst thing anybody could ever tell us in nonprofit? No. And it's yeah. like, peace, dude. Thank you. I'm moving on to the next one, whether it's because it's not the right time for you or because we're not the right mission for you. And that is completely okay. So I want to talk to you about KPIs because I'm just going to say this haunted me while I was a gift <laughs> officer in nonprofit because there were really only four that I was ever gauged on. And it was how many meetings you have, how many proposals do you have, how many proposals did you close? And I can't even remember what There's the fourth one was, which tells me it wasn't yeah. even that impactful. <laughs> so, but they're all driven on this model that I'm asking and closing, but there's so much more to that. And I am, I'm just really curious about what are the KPIs that New Story looks at that you measure that you can see actually move the needle? I mean, sure. Right. Top line, if you're an organization raising money, you got to care about how many dollars are raised. <laughs> you have to. Um, <laughs> you have to. But I think some like non-traditional metrics we uh, we measure pretty pretty um, religiously would be major donor retention. Our, it, it just costs so much more to, to attract a new donor than it does to retain an, an existing one. And although 
uh, we are we are not afraid to let go of donors who don't align with our mission anymore. Not every donor is going to be a new story donor. Uh, we do work really, really hard to provide a top-notch donor experience in order to retain um, our donors. The the other reason we work on a really top-notch donor experience is, is another KPI, which was which is around referrals. We believe that some of our best uh, donors will come and have come through word of mouth from other donors. Uh, someone has a really, really incredible experience with New Story and they tell their friend and they encourage their friend to get involved and to come to an event or to take a, take a meeting with a fundraiser. So retention and referrals are big for us. I'm specifically focused on um, prospect conversion right now. How, how can we move somebody from a prospect into a uh, relationship with us? Maybe they haven't given yet, but can we move them from cold to warm? Mm. Uh, and can we do it without our CEO? Uh, we're a young nonprofit. We're seven years in. Our CEO is an incredible fundraiser. And to become the nonprofit that we want to be, um, operating in the hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> right. we ha- yeah, we have to do more and more without without our CEO. And so I look that's that's one that I'm like pretty focused on. Uh, you'll you'll love this one. One of my KPIs is uh, how many big swings we take per year. Oh, I love this. Shut it. Define. I, Define immediately. <laughs> uh, we, oh my gosh. We set quarterly OKRs, quarterly objectives and key results. And um, my team takes at least one bold, totally wild swing per quarter. These have to be high seven or eight figure asks. And occasionally they land. Usually they don't. But every single time we take a big swing, we level up. We think creatively. We get really, really bold. It keeps us super sharp. It force. It's like a forcing mechanism to tell your story better. To tell your to 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 dream about what you would do with fifty million dollars because that's what you're asking for. Uh, so that's a big one for us. You're right. We're dead. dead. <laughs> shut Jeez. the front door. Shut the back door. Shut all the doors. Because I mean, just John. First of all, you cannot go work at New Story. I'm not going to allow it to happen. You have to stay. <laughs> I was just thinking, who's listening? That's going to be applying right this second. I know. know yes. But just can you imagine? Like, I, I even just think about what if one of those lands? What does yeah. that do? And I don't just mean to the bottom line, but to morale, to confidence, to doors that are open from that. I mean, I'm just geeking out. That is a really excellent goal. I love that we ask you that question. What if we had never known that about New Story? <laughs> I mean, so I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> and if anyone wants to come work at New Story, just send them my way. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice Facebook likes was not on your KPIs of most important, you know? <laughs> Fascinating. But secondly, I haven't really heard a ton of talk. We talk about retention a lot of times with this annual giving kind of band. I love that you're obsessed with that and major gifts. Yeah. And I love that you've been having that conversation because of course, like that makes so much sense and is about just maximizing what's possible. Okay. So the other piece with retention leads into kind of this idea of like just sustainability. I feel like y'all are in it for the long game, but you're also being really bold in the present. And so how do y'all take care of yourself? You're doing so much. I want to talk about sustainability of the organization, but also sustainability of your people. You know, y'all are doing big, bold things and working with really hard um, mission at the same time. So how do y'all take care of yourself? Well, I mean, I think for everybody, it's really personal. And, you know, at New Story, we are 
we have a Atlanta office, we have a Mexico City office, but we also have the ability to work work from home from from anywhere. And I think that that lends itself to uh, it could be a really really healthy work life balance, really healthy uh, sort of working environment, or or unhealthy depending on on the person. So I think what I do mostly is just empower my team to take care of their themselves in the way that makes the most sense for them. I try to model that by being very transparent about what makes sense for me and and then doing those things. And so I am offline, totally offline, two weeks per year, cannot reach me, sorry. Uh, And I encourage my team to take the time off that they need. We have an an unlimited PTO policy and we trust team team members to just take good care of themselves. Um, But as leaders across the organization, we're also doing that too and and, and modeling it for others. it's really important for me to be outside. So I take one call every single day. I, I take it from my phone and I walk around the block. I am not sitting on Zoom all day. I can't do it. And so my team has learned to expect that from me. Um, you know, once a month, we're taking our monthly check-in while I'm walking around the block and, I, and, I'm, and I'm encouraging them to do the same. You know, having kids made this easier. <laughs> I like, you always talk about setting boundaries between work and life. And, you know, there's lots of feelings about that. I, my identity is so wrapped up in my work that I wonder if, I wonder what, what a boundary would look like, but having kids, I have to sign off at five. I've got to go get them from daycare. I've got to make them dinner. I've got to give them baths. I got to put them to bed. And, um, that, that adjustment to me was, was, uh, challenging at first, but now I feel like, all right, I have this really healthy boundary. I am not online from five to 8 PM. Um, I've communicated that to my team, but I've also asked my manager to hold me accountable to that. So if she sees me working between five and 8 PM, she's like, Hey, what are you doing? Just checking in. Or she's, you know, she is, um, she encourages me to take time off. She encourages me to take the, the sort of take that, that take the boundaries I've set and stick to them. Uh, and I asked her to do that. Right. And so that, that also kind of keeps me. Um, sustainable. You have an accountability buddy. I love I that. Buddy. You should because, <laughs> you know, whether it's children that ground you or whether it's just going home and letting the dog out, you need to like stop. This work is so important. We get it. We're with you. We are hardcore do-gooders. We are in our 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up, still believing that we can change the world, but we got to create space for peace for quiet, for self-reflection, for pouring into the people that mean the most to us, this work will be there tomorrow. Proud of you for setting that boundary. Okay. I think it would be an understatement to say that you um, blew our socks off today, Megan, but (laughs) we want people to connect with you. We want them to connect with News Story. Please drop all the ways that people can connect with you online. Yeah. So um, we are at newstorycharity.org. Our social handles are newstory. Uh, I am at Megan at newstorycharity.org. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not really on a lot of social media channels, but I'm happy to connect with anyone uh, on on LinkedIn or or via email. And that's Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N. Please come check out Megan. We'll definitely be following your thought leadership on LinkedIn. Wow. I really wish I could go back in 10 years from now and rewire some of this into my fundraiser mind. This was fantastic. So good. Thanks, Becky. And Thanks, I started with a full heart. Like my heart's like bursting with the seams. Thank you for this. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. 
Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics? Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing. If you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.